Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. Colossians 3, verses 15 to 17. Uh, let's stand together, if we would, for all that are able to, just to read these three verses, because we'll get us started. In Colossians chapter 3, in verse number 15, the Bible says, Let the peace of God... Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. The Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this time, and I pray that you'd speak to our hearts as we would look into your word, and we'd pray it in Jesus' name, amen. If you'll be seated and have your Bible open right there in front of you, we'll look at this matter of what God would desire for us, the word overflowing, the word overflowing in our lives. Some of us may know, as we have heard in preaching and read, that there is coming a day in which Jesus Christ will rule and reign Um, from the throne of David and during the millennial kingdom and then even throughout eternity he'll rule them uh, on the throne in Jerusalem. In that day he will uh, put down all evil and disobedience and it will truly be a reign of righteousness in that day. He'll also be called, and this is important for us this morning, he'll be called then the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 9, in verse number 6, this great prophecy that looks forward to Jesus, it says, For unto us is born this day, for unto us is born, sorry, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so understand then that Jesus, as he rules and reigns, will be called again the Prince of Peace. Now, thank God for that day, when that day comes, Uh, but what do we do now? What do we do in these days in which we live in, in this time, as we go forward and struggle with all of the problems and difficulties that keep up in this life that we live in? How do we come through this time? And yet, I want to say that there certainly is hope that we would find and peace that God can give to us, even in these days that we live. Just fill out, if you would, that outline there. And first off, we want to talk about, and kind of seems like an awkward place to start, but I think it's important, and that is that we're going to talk about this matter of the effects of anxiety. I want to say that anxiety is something very real, and it exists in this world that we live in because just of the curse of sin and the presence of problems all around us and those problems that in our life personally, the difficulties that we have and those things that we struggle with, all of these 
are, of course, hard uh, and difficult for us as we go forward. And so we can have then anxiety that comes or that rises up inside of us. Now, the anxiety is natural. It's very easy to come. You don't have to go searching after it. It'll find you. And those are just some problems and difficulties that we have in life. But at the same time, I think it's important for us to understand that God didn't create me, design me, or you for us to bear this kind of anxiety. So because of that, anxieties actually have some very negative effects in our life. They're really, if you would, awful effects that happen because of anxiety. You could write some of these down or not, it doesn't matter. But I want us just to identify, I was reading, just researching for this message. And so there's a magazine, it's called Healthline. And they actually published in there what are some main or some major effects that happen in a person's life because of anxiety that exists and then it persists and kind of increases over time. So just to identify these by some categories, with anxiety, what are some effects that it has for you on your brain? That's a good thing to know, right? It can cause headaches, it can cause panic attacks, it can cause an overwhelming, if you would, sense of doom, and then also it can cause depression. So as you have then these fears and this tension that's inside of you because of pressures that's in your life, and as those start to rise, it can create these types of problems. Their doctors have said that there are a lot, a lot of health problems that come because of anxiety and then even leading towards depression and those effects that it has on us. So these are some of the effects that could happen then on our brain because of this anxiousness in our life. Also then, there's effects then on our heart. It can actually cause then for a pounding heart, if you would, and an elevated blood pressure. So anxiety then can increase the blood pressure, which has effects on the heart. The heart starts to accelerate or increase uh, and uh, to pound more than that. Uh, then there's a, a, a effects also then on our muscles. That so should be the next one. And that is that we can have muscle aches and we can have extreme fatigue so that we feel very, very tired, sleep at night, get up, you still feel tired, and that goes on and on. It could be something more than anxiety, but anxiety is one of the reasons that cause this. Some other effects also is that we can have breathing problems because of that. Somewhat that anxiety elevates then our heart rate and also creates difficulties for us breathing. It can cause upset stomach. That's kind of a minimal thing. It certainly can be something more than just simply upset uh, and a very nervous stomach. Uh, and there are other problems that happen and come along with that. Now, all of these things are just difficulties that we can face in this world. Remember again that Jesus Christ will come and that he will be the Prince of Peace. And that peace then will uh, overflow all of the earth. And there will be not the fear and, and anxiety and, the, and all of that that will rise up because of the pressures that we have in our life. But we one day will have Jesus Christ rule and reign over all of the world. And he will be, amongst other things, the Prince of Peace. But we also can then have a kingdom of peace or a reigning of God's peace in our hearts now today. So you'll see in verse number 15 where we looked at, the Bible says in verse number 15, and let the, what does it say there now? The peace of God. And let the peace of God. And this peace is a wonderful and a glorious thing. We can have, through salvation, peace with God. So we are an enemy with God and our sin then has divided us or separated us from God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so that sin then in our life, and we're born with that under the curse of sin in our life, and that sin separates us from a holy God. But 
if, if you have believed on Jesus Christ and received him as your savior, then our sins are forgiven. And we're born into the family of God. We're made a child of God. And we are at peace with God. We are no longer an enemy with God. But one of the amazing benefits that can come through salvation, so we have peace with God, but now we also can have the peace of God. That is something more, and that is something that is needed by every one of us. And that is, in order to deal with the problems and the natural anxieties that rise in life because of all these uh, tensions and problems that rage all around us, we can go forward day by day, and in the midst of this storm, we can literally then have the peace of God upon our life. What an amazing thing. The teacher asked one time for the art class amongst the kids, uh, she'd ask some fourth graders if they would to draw a picture of peace and tranquility. And so they were sketching out different things there uh, and identified for them what would be peace and tr tranquility. There was a Christian young person there in the class and she drew out what would be seemingly a very different uh, type of a picture and what happened was is that she showed some cliffs there just in a very rough way and then she showed waves and there were high crashing waves they were crashing against the, the, the bottom of the rock uh, and um, the teacher come to her and said I told you to draw a picture of peace and tranquility this looks like a violent storm there doesn't seem to be any peace here but then she pointed the teacher and she had drawn a little bird that was perched inside the cleft of a rock and the idea of that was is that you can have peace in the midst of a storm. But it's a God thing. It's a God thing, amen? And, and we can have then the peace of God. But God goes further than that. Not only does he tell us that we can have then the peace of God, but he actually tells us then in turn that we can have the peace of God that actually rules and reigns on our hearts. So one day, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, will sit on the throne in the millennial kingdom and there'll be peace throughout all of the earth because of Jesus Christ. But until that day comes, we actually can have the peace of God reigning in our hearts as we go forward through this life day by day. So we can have God's peace reigning and ruling in our life as we go forward. That word there, rule, means to govern over, to, to have control over our thoughts, the thoughts of our head and also the emotions of our heart. And help us as we go forward day by day. During this time of fear that we live in, many a person has made very bad decisions that were motivated or controlled by fear instead of decisions that was led by God through the peace of God upon their life. And so in verse 15, let's just read this more carefully if you would. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let this peace set on the throne of your heart and to be the one in control of your thoughts and of your emotions as you go forward day by day. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body. And then it says, and be thankful. So I want to understand that we really can have this ruling and reigning of the peace of God. One day again, there's going to be that millennial kingdom. But even right now, there can be, in Romans 14, in verse number 7, it says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not the physical necessities of life, but rather this kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So as we are believers, for those that are saved, and as we go forward day by day in this 
sin-cursed world with all the problems and the difficulties all around us, we can actually have the peace of God sitting and reigning on our hearts as we go forward day by day. We can have joy in the Holy Ghost and this is God's plan and God's will for every one of us to experience that and to have this, pay, this peace on our heart as we go forward. Now we want to come then just to the main part of this and just to try to really look at this or drill down a little bit. And that is that <clears throat> the bad news is, is that anxiety can so easily overcome all of us. And we saw that. The good news is, is that we can actually have the peace of God reigning on our hearts, in our hearts, as we go forward day by day. We could be like that little bird that is perched and hid in the cleft of the rock while the storm is raging all around them. There's actually peace that they're experiencing as they go forward day by day. Listen to me now. As a child of God, we do not have to be subject to all of our circumstances around us. We don't have to be up only when our circumstances are good and down when our circumstances are not good. We can actually go forward through life with the peace of God reigning upon our heart. Now, in order for that to happen, there's a real necessary ingredient, and that is that we need to have a word-filled life. Now, we want to look at this and be challenged by this, but God then comes to us and says, I want you to have the word of God overflowing in your life. Not just a little bit of it here and a little bit of it there. Not just once a week when you come to church and when the pastor has us open our Bible. But God's word overflowing in our heart. And if God's word is overflowing in our heart and our life, then we can experience that peace of God that comes from God and can rule and reign in our lives. Anxiety then can be driven out by the peace of God. And the peace of God can come in the life of any believer who has a word-filled life. And so we want to make sure then that we have that and that's present in our life. Hold your place right here and turn towards the end of your Bible, just a few pages, and we want, several pages, and we want to look at 2 Timothy. I want you to look at 2 Timothy, if you would, and then chapter number 3. 2 Timothy and chapter number 3. We want to encourage you in this now uh, for us uh, as, with Christian homes in that as we come towards <clears throat> the end of um, as we come towards the end of the year with Thanksgiving and then with Christmas it gets to be a time that's very busy but I want to challenge us for all of our families and especially those who have children in the home I want us to be very intentional and to make sure that we slow down and to make sure that we make Jesus Christ central to our lives during this time Let's just finish out the year this way. Let's start in next year and make sure that we are really focused on the Word of God. That the Bible is a very central part of our life and that we are uh, intentionally then being in the Word of God. I was talking, to, we're going to read these verses and this is good. I was talking to, to uh, someone in our church back a um, uh, couple of weeks ago and was just kind of mentoring him along with this thought. And I said this thing and, and it just caused me to realize this problem all over again. I said throughout the 30 years, 33 years of Gospel Baptist Church, we have had some really, really good Christians in our church. We've had some families that have been saved. Neither mom, you know, uh, the husband or wife, neither one of them were saved. The children weren't. All the family got saved and they're growing up under the word of God. Now with that, we've had some really good Christian men in our church. I mean, men you could count on, men that would volunteer and work hard, work hard for the Lord. 
men who genuinely love God and men who genuinely love their family. But listen to this now. Men like that that have really strong character, who really work hard with their hands, also often have a real heart, bad temptation, and that is they don't read the Bible in their personal lives. So throughout all 33 years, we have had some really good men in this church, saved, love God, and never read their Bible. Saved, love God, and never read their Bible. I'm not sure if I made that clear or not. <laughs> They're saved, they love God, and they never read their Bible. And that's a problem. Let me assure you, you will not make it forward through. The reason why I'm so clear and definite about that after 33 years is we've had so many of those families that were good, solid Christian families, but dad did not read the Bible. And for some of those families, they're not in church at all right now. Not only are they not here, they're not anywheres. They're not in church at all. Now, this is the importance, listen to me now, of a word-filled life. This is the importance of that. This is the importance of being very intentional and I'm, I'm making no bones about this as I'm preaching this this morning. I'm, I'm really drilling down on the men in our church. We have got some good, 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 good men in this church who don't read their Bibles. Amen. And I, look, I realize this will get me in trouble. I realize all this. But here's what I also realize. It'll get you in trouble if I don't ever preach it. It'll get your family in trouble if I don't ever preach it. Amen. It will. It'll get your family in trouble if I don't ever preach it. And understand men are wired a little bit differently, right? And we don't just like sit down and read books and all of that. And we're wired a little bit differently. But I want to promise you that the Bible is different than any book in the world. I'm not asking you, do you like to read? I'm telling you, you've got to read the Bible. I don't care if you never read a single thing. I don't care if you don't read a sports uh, magazine. It used to be years and years ago that guys would not read at all, but they'd read a hunting book, they'd read a fishing book or something like that. Now you don't have to do any of that. You just watch it on YouTube or whatever. You don't have to read anything. And I don't care if you read anything in your life, but you better be reading the Bible. I don't care if you don't read anything in your life, you better be reading the Bible. Amen? Sometimes preachers don't make themselves clear, so I just want to make sure that I'm making myself clear here. Amen? Okay, now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 15, the Bible says, And that from a child thou hast known, what now? The Holy Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, in verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the... Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Thank God for Christian homes and thank God for a church that is very diligent to teach the Word of God to the children. And so you'll start hearing the Bible in the home and in church. You'll start hearing the Bible uh, for faithful, faithful Christian families before the baby's even born. And then, uh, by the way, Hannah had her baby. Amen. And um, so does anybody know what it is yet? Did we figure out what the gender was yet? We still don't? This is like a great mystery, isn't it? Amen. We'll find out later, amen? Uh, but uh, anyway, so she had her baby. Uh, and good Christian homes, they start reading the Bible. Mama reads the Bible aloud before the baby's even born. The baby already hears the word of God before he's even born. And then when they're months old, one year old, two years old, three years old, they hear the Bible in the home. And when they grow up that way, guess what? They understand they're, they're a sinner. They understand there's a holy God. They understand that Jesus died for their sins and rose again. And that child will get saved because of the clear a gospel message and the truth of the word of God. And so it says that from a child that was known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And so I want us to understand now about the vital importance of this and this matter of having a, a word-filled life and being in the word of God and under the word of God. Now, there's some lessons then from this, lessons I think that will help us just with the pressures and difficulties that we would have in life as we would go forward day by day, uh, and God will help us in this way. And so I want us, if we would, to see, and let's look, if we would, at verse number 16 again. In verse number 16, the Bible says, let the word of God, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. That, that phrase of that means then to let the Bible be abundant and overflowing in your life. Amen? Now listen, if you are thirsty and you go over, and here's the idea or physical picture of this. You're thirsty and you go over for us, you know, you can just draw water from a faucet. How amazing is that? Amen? Uh, there was a, uh, this computer class and the teacher was trying to teach all the class about the advancement and development of technology in these last days. Uh, and um, so he's asking him, what's an amazing technology? And someone, you know, said the computer and someone said, you know, space travel and rocket ships and someone said all these different things. There was a man that had gone back to uh, school again after he retired. And as they went around, the teacher was asking him, what's some amazing uh, developments in your life? And as they came around to the old man, he said, I really don't fit in this class with everybody else. But for me, an amazing development was running water. You know, you used to have to, like, run after water. Amen? And now you can just get running water, which is really pretty amazing. Amen? And so if you're thirsty, you go over, you turn on the tap, and you get a glass of water for you. But you really can't help somebody else unless that glass flows over. Unless it's an overabundance. And that's what we need in our life from the word of God. Is an overabundance of it. In verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And so I want us to understand then that God wants to give us here some lessons about really getting victory in our life. And I want to say then that we need to be reading and soaking in the Bible it says then that there needs to be an abundance there. It says that Christ would dwell in you richly. And there would be this abundance and this overflowing of the word of God in your life. Not just what you might get on a church service here once or twice, even three times a week. But also what you would get yourself as you would read the word of God. Psalm 119 in verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so we've taken God's word and we've tucked it away in our heart so that God then would, would, would change us and transform us into his image and make us then uh, a, a more spiritual person grounded and strong in the Lord and strong in Christ. And so if we are to just get help over the basic problems and anxieties that we have of life as we go forward day by day, if we're going to be really a strong Christian, then we need to be uh, just overflowing with the word of God in our life. And I want you to take that challenge. I don't want you to, to get upset. I don't want you to blow it off. I want you to take that challenge personally. 
Uh, when we come to the beginning of the year, we're going to challenge everyone to be reading their Bible, and we're going to give you some type of challenge. The whole Bible, the New Testament, whatever that challenge may be. Let me help you out. Let's get a head start on that, and let's get in the Word of God now. Amen? Let's get in the Word of God now, and make sure that we are reading God's Word. You say, preacher, I am so busy. And yet I want to say, if you'll add in 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the Word of God, it will make a huge difference in your life. Amen? Now I want to say this also, and this is one of the things that helps us to really have joy in our life, and that is to sing praises unto the Lord. And so it tells us here in verse 16 that, that this believer is taking in an abundance of the Word of God, literally overflowing with the Word of God in their life. Then one of the indications of that and one of the proofs of that is that there's just a desire to want to sing praise to the Lord. Now, if some of you are newer in church, I want to be honest with you and say, I know that singing together with a group of people is really awkward. It's really difficult for you to do, and I understand that, uh, and I understand why that happens. Uh, and there are some that are very, very used to singing in church and just lifting up your voice and praising the Lord. Back many years ago, many of the country singers and others also actually started singing in church. Now, I'm not encouraging that they took it out uh, into the worldly music just to make profit for themselves, but nonetheless, that's what happened. So years ago, when I heard uh, this in an interview, uh, and it really captured my attention, and so they're interviewing then this guy who uh, was head over this thing, America's Got Talent, and, uh, and so they were talking about it, and they were doing talent shows around the different parts of the country, and they, they asked him this, this question, and they said, what part of the country really has the least talent? And he answered back and he said, well, if you're speaking about singing, he says, it is so uh, amazingly obvious to me that the Northwest of the United States has the worst singers. And I thought about that and I thought, and that's kind of an outro if you're from the Northwest, but um, I wonder how many people from the Northwest we have in our choir asking for a friend, amen? But nonetheless, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's like, why do people in the Northwest are the worst singers because they're also at the same time the least churched. Where do people learn how to sing? In church, right? Where do people learn how to sing? In church, amen? Why? Because if there is any reason to sing, it is to bring glory and praise to God, amen? That's why we'd sing. We'd open up our mouth and we'd open up our voices and we would sing praise to God and we'd, we'd, we'd uh, give glory and praise to him who is all deserving of it. So it says there that we're singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It says, psalms then is a sacred ode. Obviously there's a book right in the very center of your Bible, which is a song book for the nation of Israel. Much, very much a song book for us also. Uh, and it's the book of psalms. Now these psalms then are, uh, again, a sacred song primarily for the purpose of exalting or lifting up uh, the Lord. Praising him. And exalting him and lifting up his name. And so it says there psalms. Then interestingly enough, it tells us hymns. Hymns. Hymns then are common and familiar songs of praise and songs of the Christian life. But I thought it's interesting when you look at the definition of that. It deals with the matter of common or familiar songs. And I want to just say this. I hope that you're not getting tired of the great hymns of the faith. Amen. 
uh, and just to sing how great thou art and just songs of praise and of glory to God. And I hope that whatever songs it is that you want to add to your Christian uh, song list, if you would, let's make sure that as a born-again believer, and I don't care if you've been saved for 50, 60 years or if you've been saved for five or six days, you would do real well to learn the great hymns of the faith. Uh, and to lift them up and to praise them because they are songs that are to be held in common amongst believers and that we must give them uh, a, an important position in our life. Uh, let us not ever become uh, too, uh, <coughs> too contemporary and too, quote, modern age to not have any desire towards the great hymns of the faith because they've been time-tested and proven. Most of those hymns that are written in our hymn book were actually written during the period of the last great nationwide revival of our country. So let me assure you that there's some benefit in the songs that were written out of a time of revival. Amen? Got to gotta be, be some purpose in that. Got to be some blessing in that. And then it says spiritual songs. The idea of spiritual songs is that we are, when you're saved, you're a new creature in Christ. We have a new nature and we have a new desire. So therefore, we must get new songs in our life. Amen? Those who uh, speak of the Lord and lift him up and exalt him. And the very last thing that we want to hit here is this matter of giving thanks. Giving thanks. The last part of verse 15 says this. We have the peace of God ruling in our life. And then it says, to be thankful. To be ye thankful. Then in verse 17 it says, In whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it says this, Giving thanks to God and the Father by, <coughs> by to God and the Father by him. And so we want to understand the importance of this thing of giving thanks. Uh, and just, just, just stopping and, and thanking God and praising him. God just put this together in Colossians at this time. But in this week we'll have a time now on Thursday of Thanksgiving. I know there's a busyness towards that, and I know people will be preparing food. There'll be those additionally that'll be preparing food for us to be able to uh, be a blessing uh, to the firemen, police, and those that will be working on Thanksgiving Day. So I know that it'll be a busy time. But let me just, make, let me just say, let us make sure that we stop uh, and just remember the goodness of God and to remember what it is that God has done for us and how good that he is to us in our life. To remember that he loved us so much that he sent his son and that Jesus came from heaven down to earth. And he died for our sins. He bore our sins in our place. He died and he rose again so that we could have salvation. And let us never get over that. The most, the, the most precious and the gl most glorious gift that we could ever receive is the gift of salvation. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. We've got so much to thank God for. If you have any health at all, you can thank God for that. If you have family, uh, you can rejoice and thank God for that and the blessing of that in your life. If you have a church home, thank God for that. A place to serve God and to worship Him, and we thank God for that. If we have uh, some money at all, if we have a roof over our head, the ability to buy any food, uh, gas for your car that's giving, getting ever more expensive, and if you've got uh, the ability to buy that, then we just say thanks to God because of his goodness. Amen? Because God is so very, very good. God is so very good to us. And so we need to stop and to thank him. I love this because it puts it together. You'll see it in Philippians in chapter number 4. It's on the screen, but what I'd like for you to do is in your Bibles turn back one page, maybe two pages, and you'll see Philippians in chapter number 4. Now I want us to be able to actually read 
four verses here together. And I want us to just kind of look closely at this one verse. It's on your screen. And so Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That word always is a compound word, and it literally means all the way. Rejoice in the Lord all the way through life. The good times, the bad times, the hard times, the times of sweet rejoicing, just, just, just have joy in the Lord and to rejoice in the Lord all the way through life. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And look what it says, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now I want us to see this because it goes together very, very strongly. That we can have the peace of God over the thoughts of our mind and over the emotions of our heart. That we can have the peace of God that rules over us. So look at this verse again. Verse number 6 there in your Bible. Also on the screen it says be careful. That word careful means anxious or anxiety. And so God says, do not be anxious. Do not have anxiety for any reason in your life. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, look what it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let me give you a little thought. God says, instead of worrying about your problems, pray about your problems. Instead of worrying about your problems, pray about your problems. Sometimes we're kind of big on the talk part of that, but not so much on the action part of that. So instead of worrying about your problems, pray about your problems. God says there's no need for you to be anxious and be all tied up in knots and worrying, worrying, having your blood pressure elevate, having a headache because of this anxiety. God said there's not a reason for you to do that. What I want you to do is to take those needs and to cast them upon me and to ask for my help. And don't ever forget to thank God for what he's already done for us. Amen? Thanksgiving is so important because one, it gives God the glory, but two, it forces us to intentionally think about what God has done for us. And you need that. Sometimes we can be so quick to forget the blessings of God, but also at the same time so quick to remember all the problems, the problems and the things that we don't have. So I want to say that we serve a good God, amen? And God said, I want my word to fill your heart and to fill your life. I want it to be there, and I want you to sing and to praise me. And then I want you to be quick to thank me and to give me the glory and the honor and the praise that only God is deserving of. Let me ask you this question. Are you saved? Do you know that you'd go to heaven? Have you been born again through faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know that you're saved? If not, then today needs to be for you that day of salvation. It's so important. You need to believe on Jesus to and to be saved. We'll have somebody that can show you from the Bible just very carefully how you could know that you're saved and going to heaven. And if you are saved, let me assure you of this. You have so much to be thankful for. Amen? God has given to you the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive, and that's the forgiveness of sins and salvation, a home in heaven. But God also will help us, not just one day, but now. The peace of God can reign in our hearts. And that's a really good thing. Let's pray if we would all over and ask for God's help. We're going to have a response where those will be coming to pray. You'll pray. 
Just each of us will take a time of response and ask God to help us with this truth that we saw from his word all over you come. And for someone that doesn't know that you're saved, then you come and we'll take the Bible and show you how that you could know that you're saved and go into heaven. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless and lead now this time. Please, God, help us. Please, Lord, I pray. Just for each one here, for those that are not saved, I pray that they would come. Pray that they would come uh, and, um, uh, and believe on you and to receive you as their Savior. Uh, help them now, we pray. And then, God, help, I pray, for us to respond all over that the peace of God really can reign in our hearts, that we need to be overflowing with the Word of God. Help us and lead us now, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the piano is playing all over now. Hi, this is Brent Lenentine, and before we go, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It is our prayer that today's message has encouraged and helped you. If you have any questions about how to be saved or your Christian walk, we would love to connect with you. Please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. If you live in the greater Albuquerque area and don't have a church home, we hope that you'll visit with us soon at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho. And if you do have a church home, then I pray that you are able to attend there. Every person needs to be faithful and accountable in a local church where they can grow and serve. This podcast is a supplement to your spiritual growth and let it encourage you to be more for Christ. Again, our website is gospellightbaptist.org. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. If you were listening for the first time, we believe the most important decision you could ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal way. To find out more about that, please visit gospellightbaptist.org slash Jesus. If you are a regular listener, we want to thank you for your time, and we would ask that you subscribe to this podcast, and also take a moment to share it with others on social media. Until next time, may God richly bless you. Praise the Lord for opportunity now.